my dungeon. Welcome to Cauldron's Crypt. I'm your host, Master Cauldron. If you're new to the show, this is a place to spell mess, get rid of stereotypes, and answer your questions about BDSM. You can call in at 865-268-4005 to leave your questions or visit the crypt at cauldronscrypt.com. On this episode of The Crypt, we're going to talk about everything you need to know about your first BDSM play party. But before we begin, fun size, how are you doing today? I'm really good. How are you, Master Cauldron? I am finally wide awake. So I think it's this episode that has me very revived and ready to go. I've been matting out at a lot of play parties lately. (laughs) I've been hitting every single one of them that I have heard about. So I am full on at the peak of my game right now, and I'm absolutely loving it. Before we get into that and what you've been doing lately, let me go ahead and and do the housekeeping first. So first, let me thank our Patreon supporters. You guys are really helping us keep the lights on. Some people have stepped up. Also, we have a new FetLife group, and I would like to invite anyone and everyone to come to it, read the rules, go through all the stickies, introduce yourself when you come into the group, please. It's just a place where we can get together, have some conversation, communication. You can find out about the new Cauldron Script podcast that is not available on our app, which if you did not know, we do have our own app for Cauldron Script, a BDSM 101 podcast available on iTunes and for Android. So just search Cauldron Script and you'll be able to find that and finally one of the most important parts of the housekeeping process that we use to introduce every episode rules to love by rule number one safe sane consensual and informed rule number two kinky from the kinky app available on all platforms knowledge no intolerance kindness and integrity that is what kinky stands for and finally rule number three Paul Young has to say that submission is not about authority and it's not about obedience. It is all about relationships of love and respect. So, fun size. Yes. As I stated, I've been participating in a whole lot of play parties and I've been turning some vanilla parties into play parties, which technically is a no-no as we're going to get into talking about, I'm sure. But I did have permission after the party started and all the guests had arrived and a few vanilla people that were supposed to show up didn't show up. So it was approved by the host and done very privately. So I just want to throw that out there. I didn't really break any house rules or anything like that. Very respectful. What have you been doing lately? Have you been to any play parties? Have you been playing privately? What's been the haps in your world? The haps in my world has been pretty sleepy, actually. I haven't done much, to be quite honest. Um, Since the end of my last two relationships, I have been somewhat vetting a possible new dominant. Ooh. Lengthy process. As it should be. Very, very lengthy. Um, actually looking at maybe adding more time to that process for a better vetting end product. But it does look like it has a lot of potential. But other than that, I have honestly just been giving private demonstrations to some friends and giving private talks and lessons about the lifestyle to one of my real-life best friends who is a listener. And I'm dubbing her Braddy Red, and she knows exactly exactly who she is and why I call her that. But other than that, my life outside of the of 
everything beyond my work and my married life has been really sleepy. So. Uh, and, you know, I, th- I kind of knew that and I, I wanted to point that out to say that we're going to do an episode on Frenzy, Percusio, threw that out there in our chat room on FetLife, or not chat room, but chat forum uh, in FetLife. So I think it's important that people see that once this frenzy kind of passes a little bit, hopefully they keep control of it as much as they can, they will find the time to take time to themselves because it's very important. I know that these two relationships that you talk about, one was your dom and the other was your sub. And that does take some time to heal from, even if it's not a traumatic ending. I know things with your sub were pretty well talked about and a lot of communication as there should have been, but it still kind of leaves you with an emptiness that that you need to uh, deal with before you enter something else. Relationship jumping is never a healthy thing. But anyway, enough of the side note. Let's jump into play parties. I am really excited about this. So as usual, some definitions. What is a play party? Fun size. I love your definitions. So let's have it. All right. A play party is a gathering for those in the lifestyle getting together for various methods of play, be they demonstrations, performances, or just scenes in general. There are generally two types of play parties, regular play parties, which will typically be listed on places like FetLife, which are typically known within the community, munch circles and groups, and dark parties, which are by invitation only. Okay, I've got to ask you a question because you kind of cut out there for just a second. Okay. Uh, it's a Skype issue. She lives, oh, what, 20 uh, or 2,000 miles away. So we record these over Skype. But it sounded like you said various methods of play and beating demonstrations. Or... Be they demonstrations. Oh, okay. I thought you said beating demonstrations. <laughs> Oh, no. While the, while there are impact play demonstrations occasionally, uh, there is no quote-unquote beating as per the typical <laughs> vanilla uh, definition. Okay. I, I had to clarify. All right, I, so you... I appreciate that clarity on that particular subject. <laughs> so you said uh, invitation only on the, uh, the dark parties? Yes. And a lot of the the, the regular parties uh, that are well known about, you still need to catch an invitation, whether it's a general, if it's not a dark party, it's going to be, like you said, at a munch, an open general invitation to everybody. Hey, this event is happening. It's going to be posted on FetLife. And I know we're going to dive deep into that as well. But a lot of people, they hear this like, well, how do I get invited? So uh, let me address that one. This usually comes down to who you know, especially in the case of dark parties. Simply having friends who are going to a community play party can be a way of finding out about them, but you really also need to check the event pages of FetLife to see if anything is listed there from your local community. So as far as the general parties go, there are multiple ways and you really need to be involved in your local community. I can't stress that enough. And as a side note on that, when I'm vetting somebody, if they're not involved in their local community without a really, really good reason, that's an automatic red flag for me and I will not play with them. So for me, it's very important for someone to be community involved. The second part of this is the vetting itself, and it is extremely vital in these type of events. It's important to practice both sides as a host and as those attending. 
So you need to know the guests that are coming. And you also really need to vet the host. And a lot of times with dark parties, they're not going to tell you who else is attending unless you ask. If you receive an invitation, and this has been my personal experience, I almost always will come back. If it's a host whose party I have never attended before, I will typically say, hey, do you mind letting me know who else is going to be there? And that's just so I can prepare plan around that as whether or not I'm going to go or what kind of scenes I'm going to do, what the general atmosphere is. I once showed up at a party, and this was years ago, before Primal was really considered a big thing, but it was basically a Primal party, and I showed up with full intentions of impact play. And that's really, it's a different scene. There can be impact in Primal, and you can mix them up, but no, this was simply primal in every aspect or full meaning rather of primal play and it took me by surprise in the last episode there was something in there that kind of took me by surprise and it threw me off for the entire rest of the episode recording but little changes or when I'm participating in something and I'm not expecting it, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. I actually had a really good time at that particular party and I had a great time in talking about last week's conversation with basic safety, even though, like I said, I, I kind of got thrown off a little bit, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means that it was something that I was not expecting. I'm a little OCD, so in dealing with change, it's not always the greatest thing for me. <laughs> but anyway, side note, said and done, continuing with this, a lot of the local communities will vet through munches. Uh, others prefer one-on-one sit-down meetings for certain events. Either way you go, it's important to be patient and openly communicate if you're not being invited to these events as quickly as you had hoped. Some groups, they'll simply have extensive vetting practices, especially for dark parties. What else would you like to throw out there? For that, I know there is a local community munch in in my community that hosts a dark party, and they use their munches solely for the vetting practice for that. And you will come across things like that in your own communities occasionally. So you just need to be aware of those and be accepting if you're not invited, that it's not necessarily something that you did. It just might be that that particular group does not feel like you are right for their party or they might have some other reason or they might only have a certain number of people that they are willing to invite in. Yeah. So you may not get an invitation because of that. So I think that's just important to understand. Yeah. In this world of butthurt that we live in now, it's very important to know that it may just be the reason that you don't get an invite to a dark party. First off, if people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, you're not going to know about it if you're not invited. And that's the main thing is you don't out these parties. But some people who have thrown a party that I've attended since then have thrown parties that I haven't attended. And that's fine. It was a different group of people, a group of people that I didn't know that well. And quite honestly, it shows how well the host knows me that they knew 
that I would be pretty uncomfortable at this particular party due to the other people that were there and it not really being my group of people. Uh, And they came to me and told me that, hey, you shouldn't hear about this, but just in case you do, I want to go ahead and nip this. I threw a party and... I just want to make sure. So they actually came to me out of respect and said that this took place and explained why they didn't invite me. But they didn't have to do that. I didn't care. I understand. It's not going to happen every time. And that's fine. People need to be okay with that. So that's just one example, maybe a poor example, but be cool with it. I think as a 101 podcast, people really need to understand that they just need to be patient. Like we've said, be patient, let the vetting process happen and go to the leaders if some time has passed and you're not being invited to these parties and find out what you can do better or what needs to take place. And it could just be that no parties have taken place. That's a great possibility too. If you care to, we can move into uh, what to bring your toys and stuff. Oh, I absolutely love that because that's actually one of my favorite things to talk about. All right. Well, I think a good place to start is at the beginning. Uh, what are we going to wear? What do you? How do you show up? <laughs> uh, I like to show up vanilla, but if it has a certain dress code, I trust that my host will have a space for me to change into my appropriate fetish wear. And that's going to depend on the type of party that it is, which I, of course, will find out well in advance before I show up. I know for my very first play party, there wasn't a dress code. And of course, I went with my original trainer, who is old leather. So surprise, surprise, he went in his leathers, but he's a biker, so he blends in very well with that just in his day-to-day so that he doesn't have to switch clothes. And I showed up wearing jeans and a t-shirt and a pair of boots, and it was perfectly fine. No one cared. But other parties I've been to, and this is actually a particularly questionable which story that got thrown my way or situation that got thrown my way that I have to share this story about. I went to one party and it was one of my very first going alone and I had gone in and of course I didn't have a dominant or a sub with me at the time and I got asked by another dominant there why I wasn't wearing a collar since I identified Switch and I said I don't have an owner and they just found it astonishing that I would not adhere to the submissive dress code for that particular party as a switch. <laughs> <laughs> and and I feel like I cannot be the only switch that has ever experienced this. Yeah. Um and it it was such an uncomfortable moment for me standing there going I I don't have the dominant here. I'm not going to wear a collar and pretend that I do. Yeah, you know that goes back to the original reason that that you and I met. The, yes. The switch episode. The switch episode. And I am happy to, to report as another side note that in my local community, I think there are more switches than there are doms and subs. And a lot of the old school way of thinking as far as, well, you just haven't met the right person to submit to or you haven't met the right person to really bring out your dominant side to is finally starting to go away in my area. So I'm very proud of that. That is a judgment that no longer takes place here by even most, with the exception of one person, most of the old school leather guys or, uh, you know, just long-term members. On that, on showing up, most parties that I attend have what they call vanilla to the door. So if you see that, that 
is exactly what it means. You show up in street clothes and whatever your normal going out about to the store clothing would be bring your other stuff with you to change into, like Funsize said. And if you don't, that is a major, major party foul. Because pretty much if their neighbors see you, if it's at their house, then you're outing them. And they may turn you away at the door. I've seen that happen too. Somebody show, showed up with pasties on in a corset that, you know, had uh, her breasts hanging out and wearing pasties. Knocked on the door. Some neighbors across the street were sitting out on their, their front porch. And when the host opened the door, she just acted as if she didn't know who it was. And they never got invited to another private party. And this has been years ago. And as far as I know, they still have not been invited to another private party because it was made perfectly clear that you show up vanilla. I have another story along that lines, but I'm going to wait till we get to our toy box topic on this list to hit that one up. All right. Towels and washcloths. I know most hosts provide those. You might need a clean area to sit on (laughs) 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 so that you don't... uh, uh, get yeah. a puddle, get a puddle <laughs> going, or you need to clean something up or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's just polite. Bring your own towels, bring your own washcloths, just throw them in your toy bag. Uh, bottled water. Many hosts will like to offer refreshments, but I feel like it's more considerate and I can't even tell you how many times I've ended up chugging that bottle of water on my way home after a play party, especially if I'm uh, doing a scene at one. Uh, while that will not be something you necessarily do your first time, it, it's still really helpful just to have that mm-hmm. habit in place ahead of time. You know what I really like? Hmm. Uh the uh and my brother come up with this ages ago before the cottonell or the other uh, tp manufacturers come out with them he called it bidet in a box but those uh personal hygiene wipes as they're generically mm-hmm. called keeping a pack of those throwing or throwing a pack of those before you head out to the party along with a uh, canister of the Clorox wipes, even though every single party that I have been to has had some form of hospital sanitization spray or Clorox wipes or something there. I always bring my own just in case. I mean, I might end up playing in an area of the house that is not off limits, but they hadn't set it up as a PlayStation mm-hmm. and, you know, gotten their approval for it. But instead of taking from other PlayStations, the, the cleaning stuff, that way I've already got my own and the host will appreciate that. You know, I know that you don't have this area set up as a play area, but it's not off limits. And you were thinking it for more of something else, but I've already got all my cleaning stuff in my bag. Do you mind if I go ahead and use that area? And I've never once been turned down. In fact, they're always grateful. Because they know that that's also one of those little things that you can do as a sign of your experience <laughs> in education <laughs> that just really kind of shines out above others that may show up that's not quite as uh, educated as you are. So, yeah, 
Always a good thing. And it's so easy. It's very simple. Continuing in what to bring, but moving into another section of it, you wanted to hold something off until now. Let's hear it. Okay. So our, our topic is bringing a discreet toy box. Uh, you were talking about someone getting turned away at the door. Uh, one of the parties I went to, the house was set up as a split level where you have a little slope. You go up the stairs and there's the front door for people to knock on. But there's also a side entrance through an open garage. Well, the invitation had said, please come through the open garage uh, and bring your, your toys if you wish to play. Well, this particular person was sending their husband and kids out. And the husband and kids were going to use the front door while everyone else used the garage side door. Uh, one particular person showing up to come and play was carrying a see-through tote as their toy box and went to the front door. And Seriously? A six, yes, a six-year-old child who was waiting to leave uh, because, you know, it, they were just about to start the party. The dad was going to take the kids out. Everyone was going to play. It was going to be a good time. The six-year-old opened the door and was greeted with that particular toy box. Right at eye level. Right at eye level with everything visual. Uh, That person has not been invited to any play parties since. Uh, Just like your person. Yeah. You just don't do it. No. Um, You need to be respectful of others with that and and not, not out people, even if they're within the same household. Yeah. Because that that was such an unbelievably inappropriate thing to carry your toys in. And then that goes back to paying attention to where to go, uh, which we will talk about in our house rules just as be- well. Just because someone is out and they believe that everybody should be free to be who they want to be, the fact remains that the world that we live in, that's not always possible because people have jobs. Some people have security clearance. I know you live near a, a military base mm-hmm. and you've talked about that before. Um, so it, it's, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about the host. And some people I know do it out of bratting and you know what? You're not that special. I'm sorry. Obey the rules. <laughs> In fact, most of my community knows my toy box because I have a very uh, unique one. Yes. It is a hard shell guitar case. And when I walk out of my house wearing leather pants and my cuffs and carrying my, uh, and sometimes let's be completely transparent here, some eyeliner and really looking the evil part that I tend to play. My neighbors have asked me, dude, are you in a band? Do you you play guitar in a band? And well, the answer to that used to be yes, but not anymore. However, they have no clue what is in that case. They just think I'm going to a show. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can find discreet ways to do things. And I, I can't believe I haven't done this yet. I will post a picture on FetLife of my uh my toy box i'll open it up and show everybody what's inside and uh yeah so i'll do that for you guys fun size if you don't mind reminding me at some point that i need to do that i should have done it already not only will i remind you i will also post pictures of my own to give a prime example cool i know a lot of people will use um 
like the rolling suitcases if they've got a lot of toys, briefcases if you don't have too many toys or or a couple of briefcases if, you know. However, just I like to to find something that is very discreet, um, obviously, and I can kind of be just as your your first master was uh, fit in to some genre of the world other than what I'm actually doing. So uh, let's move on uh, if you don't have anything else on this. Uh, nope, I'm good on that. Awesome. Uh, another big thing that we talk about in the basic safety episode is aspirin or Tylenol. Yes, one word for that, headaches. No one wants a headache to ruin this kind of experience. And it's really good, like the bottled water, the wipes, all that, just to get into the practice of carrying it. Yeah. At the demo that I went to last week, the rope demo, I actually had to uh, take some myself. I was starting to get a headache on top of being what we call hangry. I was becoming angry because I was hungry. So luckily they had some snacks there to kind of tame my anger. But if you want more details on that, just jump back to the previous episode and we go into a lot of detail on why a mild over-the-counter pain reliever is a good thing and you're not going to miss out on any of the uh, masochistic pain that you are attending this party to receive if that's one of your goals at all. It doesn't work that way as most people know. Uh, getting into expectations. Now, I do know someone who attended her first munch after a year of nervousness and has recently attended her first play party, uh, which all happened within about three weeks of each other. She did not play, but some of her expectations were so wildly out there, as were mine in regard to my first play party. So, what do you think? people should really expect? Well, I think it's it's very important to not expect to participate in a scene unless previously negotiated to do so, especially at your first play party. You can learn a lot just from observing at these things. I know that as far as my first play party, as I said, I went with my original trainer and someone had made the remark to him that they wanted to see what I could do. And he looked at me and he said, a single word and it was Neil, which I I immediately gracefully dropped to my knees at that point. And he's like, there, that is all you are getting. So that was as far as my demonstration for my first play party went was I kneeled. And even that is a lot more than most will experience at their first play parties. It's also important to ask yourself, what are your personal expectations for this experience? And this is a question that was actually thrown up on our FetLife group chat forum by our listener, Roxy Bear. So thank you so much for including that, Roxy Bear. It's very important to me as I write these show notes to have your input. And I really appreciate that. It is very important to ask yourself that, what you're looking to get out of the experience, what you're expecting to get out of the experience. And that's not just for play parties, that's for every experience in life, whether it's part of the lifestyle or otherwise. You know, on expectations for the experience, that's a question that I still ask every single time that I'm going into it. As you said, it's very important, but I always come to the same resolve is that I don't have any expectations. And that is just for my own personal uh, state of mind, because that builds within me, especially if I'm showing up with Percusio, my play partner, if 
she has, say, a, a medical condition or something just isn't feeling right, and I have these expectations, then I don't want to push an obligation. And it, it's weird, and I don't recommend people doing that because you still need to go through all of the things of personal expectations for what you what you want to happen. And I think it's also very important that if you're new, you obviously you've connected with somebody because you've been invited to this party. So reach out and ask people what you can expect. You know, what are some of the things that may be going on if you've never been to this? Because I think that's the main question there as a newbie is, am I going to be expected to play if I show up? I feel like the answer there should be no, but you are right. That is something that you definitely need to ask of your host and others that you know are attending. Yeah, it's not Fight Club. No. You know, Fight Club, one of the rules, if it's your first night, you have to fight. And... (laughs) (laughs) play parties should not be like that and i've i have to say i've never actually faced that where that was the expectation that every person that attended had to participate and i've been to oh god I, i wouldn't even know where to start with putting a number on how many parties i've been to but that's never been an expectation and if it was i just wouldn't go uh, likewise, quite honestly. Uh, so right. regular people doing ordinary things and having ordinary conversations during this event. That's something that you've got listed in the show notes. Yes, Ex- it is. Explain what you mean by that. Regular people doing ordinary things and having ordinary conversations during this event. Well, just like anything, we're people. It doesn't matter how deep into the lifestyle we go or have gone. We're still regular people. We're still going to have regular conversations when we get together with other people. I know that off the mic, you and I have regular conversations. And I think this is a prime example of this. We discuss our vanilla jobs, our marriages. We've even discussed the weather. And it's been like that at every play party I have ever attended in my life where Yes, you have things going on. Yes, you have areas where people are discussing certain things and can ask questions, can learn different things. You have scenes and demos happening. But you also have people that are just people getting together. Yeah, very good. And that knowing that should help take down the nerves of somebody who's never attended one of these events. Just keep in mind that it is just these regular people having regular conversations and some kinky ones, but that's where a lot of your education is going to come from. So, all right. A uh, very, very good point there. Fun size. Thank Act, you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Acts, which bring out things from your wildest fantasies often for the first time ever in real life or things that make you uncomfortable due to your own limits and interests. That is definitely something that you can expect. Unfortunately, this newer person that I referred to earlier that took so long to go to a party, to even go to a munch, found herself in the unfortunate position of being cornered at a, sitting at a table with a few other people. There was a scene happening that was kind of blocking her only way out, and it was something that she was very uncomfortable in witnessing because she it just affected her. So eventually she did summon the courage to remove herself from that setting but then she had to go take some personal time alone and kind of regroup that needs to be one of the things that you're very aware of that could take place and just be very aware of where you are positioned and find a buddy 
basically use the buddy system. So make sure that you've got someone there that you can go to at any point and talk to them. Obviously, don't interrupt a scene to do this if you need some alone time or find somebody else to talk to. But my wife was there and it made her feel very, very comfortable that she could kind of shadow her around the party for a while. It can happen. But it's nothing, I don't want to stress it too much, it's nothing that you can't plan for and avoid most of the time. Yes, I've got to say an example of this, as many of our listeners have picked up on, I have an extreme aversion to feet to the point where they are a hard limit for me. And I remember being at a play party and I was sitting on a couch next to a couple who was demonstrating high heel worship, which then moved into foot fetishism, which made me very uncomfortable when it hit that point because I'm sitting there next to them and this male submissive starts sucking his dame's toes and that's a hard limit for me i know it's it's not really a thing for quite a few people but for me it was enough that i quietly excused myself from the room and you know things like that can happen and it's okay You just have to be aware that they can happen and have a way that you can discreetly and politely step away and find something else for yourself to do at the party. Yep. Good example there. Uh, Moving to the next one. One of my favorite things, casual nudity and or fetish wear that may make you uncomfortable. Yep. There is about a 100% chance that any fetish party you go to, any kinky party, whether it's open or a dark party, there's going to be some nudity there. Now, there is no forced nudity there unless someone has consented to it and playing by CNC rules, but that doesn't mean that there again, it's not Fight Club. If it's your first night, you don't have to fight. (laughs) If you are uncomfortable being naked, or partial nudity or whatever, it is certainly not required. And I will give the one exception to that is that if that is part of the dress code. So make sure that you talk to people and that should be made very clear. Every party that I've gone to that was a nudist party, which does take place, Mm -hmm. it was very well known that that's what it was. So if, if that's something that you're uncomfortable with, that needs to be known that that is an expectation that some people will be nude. And it, it may be while they're scening, or it could be they walk through the door and once that door shut, they strip naked and they stay that way the whole time. The next one, sex, sexual acts. How often does that occur? Full on sex, penetration, all of that has happened maybe three times out of God, close to 50 parties that I've attended since joining the lifestyle. Sexual acts, according to my interpretation, I would say probably about 25% of the time for me. And before you participate in this, make sure that you've talked to the host to find out if it's allowed or not. Yes. I recently went to a local dungeon. They have a really cool play space. In fact, there's three or four different play spaces, including a hot tub, a well-built dungeon, a uh, wax station that has a cage that's built on top of a uh, big cage. That's just amazing. And then they've got one room that's got a sex swing in it. There may be five different 
five different stations or five different play areas. But regardless, that sex swing is the only place and it is not made out of cloth. Very important to point that out. It is made out of a material that is easily sanitized. But after I signed my paperwork to enter and they took me on the tour, they were very clear in stating out this is the only place that you're allowed to have sex in this dungeon. And if you don't mind other people watching, leave the door open. If the door is closed, that means don't go in or you don't want somebody watching if you're in there having sex. And most people will give you that instruction, but if they don't, make sure that you ask before you just jump into participating in these sexual acts, whether it be oral or penetration or using a Hitachi or whatever, uh, a vibrator on someone of, of any type. Make sure that you're asking. It's just really, really rude not to. Yes. Uh, and that kind of segues nicely into house rules. Did you have anything else to say on the the uh, sex topic there? No, I think we've got it covered pretty well. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump on that nice segue that was pre-planned by you, I'm sure, into the house rules. Fire away. Different hosts and houses have different sets of rules. It's just like when you go over to anyone's house for the first time, you have to learn their rules and be respectful. But for play parties, it's really important to learn before you arrive. However, usually they will have their house rules posted somewhere for viewing and you can ask your host when you arrive where they will be so that you can take a quick read through, make sure you've got everything down. And I do know that quite a few hosts that have events posted on FetLife will have a copy that they can message you privately if you ask. Yeah. So that you can view it before the party as well. Yeah. One of the big things that I always want to know first is, is there a fee or is this a potluck event or what happens? Yes, we eat at these events and we should have put that in what to expect. Most events like dark parties or other parties, if it's at somebody's house or something, chances are there's going to be some food there. There's going to be some snacks. It's always nice to contribute to that, especially if it's expected because you don't want to be a bad guest. It's also important to understand where you can and cannot go. Lots of areas, especially in private homes, will be available like living spaces while bedrooms and often outdoor spaces will be set as off limits. Outdoors usually because of neighbors in most cases, because it's important to remember your discretion. Yeah. So what kind of scenes are appropriate or against the rules? It's not a big deal the first time you attend. As again, you really shouldn't in most cases be participating, but it's still good to know for future events. And you can learn that while you're there because you'll see what type of scenes are taking place but that's part of the the expectations in knowing what to expect make sure that you're asking these questions because i've been to a whole lot of different types of parties like i said i've been to ones that were primal primal play focused impact play swingers events vampire gatherings wolf pack gatherings you know a whole lot there's so much out there i've never been to a furry party before strangely i have been invited to those (laughs) i have turned them down because that is one of my limits 
but I have been invited to them. I got invited to one that had a specific My Little Pony theme point of fact. Not really my thing, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I uh, there again, your kink is okay. Mm-hmm. But that one is one that just, it, it makes me laugh and it's not out of disrespect. Really, most of the costumes, I just find them cute and it makes me laugh. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> there again, if that's your thing, and I have friends that that is, oh my God, that is definitely their thing. And they will tell you, no, he, he doesn't mean any disrespect by it. It just, especially my Fox friend that mm-hmm. I've talked about once before. Protocol rules for the house. Is this event high protocol friendly or is it high protocol required? Yes. Yes. That is important to know. Yeah. It sounds like the one that you went to where you weren't wearing a collar as a switch was old school high protocol. Oh, yes. Uh, So you kind of got smacked down a little bit for not (laughs) following protocol. I did. I did. I was slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. And so uh, that's very good to know. I purposefully would not throw a high protocol event for the simple fact that there are not enough people in my local community that practice it. It would be a very small gathering for me if I was to do that, even though that is my preferred form of, of a DS relationship or MS relationship. We've already talked about dress code extensively. Yes. What about your seating for scene viewing well it's definitely important uh since we brought up the towels before to check with your host and make sure that you have a towel or a towel is available if a towel is a house requirement for some households it absolutely is for others it is optional then there's where you can sit we'll have scenes in their kitchens and like any household they will have rules about whether or not people can sit on countertops which chairs you can sit in one hosted by my old master was a dinner party play party theme and because i was the slave i had my seat by his feet and all slaves and submissives that came to this party also had pillows to sit on on the floor next to their dominance chairs at the dinner table yeah it's just the same as what rooms you can and cannot use it's Mm -hmm. all part of the party protocol uh do not interrupt us what actually on that i have to say that i watched somebody almost get hit with a single tail in the face it was a newer person and they were very involved in what was happening in the scene and just got too close because they wanted to see, I guess, the exact spot of the strike or something like that, the technique of the hand and got in too close and just about got popped. And I mean like less than half an inch from getting popped with a single tail in the cheek. Give people who are seeing some space. Pretty simple there. All right. So of course, don't interrupt the scene. Don't interject yourself into the scene. It's rude. I have been completely annoyed with somebody that was watching me in an impact scene and was, they weren't making comments, but they were making sounds. They would stomp their feet when it, when I hit with a paddle that made a really beautiful sound in my opinion, but it throws people off. Now, granted, Everybody disappears when I get into top space. Everybody disappears, but those noises can jerk me out of it, and it's going to piss me off, and I'm going to have some words with you if you do it, to be just blunt about it, because it's rude. And I get it that sometimes there are 
things that you'll see that just make you go, oh, or, oh, God, that was a good one. You know, whatever. But if you can't help but do that, then walk away, please, because I don't want to hear that crap. I just don't. It's one of those things I don't often allow myself to get really agitated in the podcast, but that is one of those things that really just ticks me off. You're ruining somebody's good time. And I've I've done it myself, and people have pointed it out to me, and they were fervently uh, expressive in saying that I would not be allowed to watch them seen anymore if I did it one more time. And I have that same conversation with people, so... Because our point here is that distractions up the risk that's already involved with the play. And I was at one particular party and it was a dark party. But this particular scene that I was performing was scalpel play. Yeah, I was topping on this one and I had a table to the side of me and I had my bottom stretched out on a table in front of me. And I had turned slightly to switch out the blade one of the watchers had stepped so close that when I turned, I almost cut him with the scalpel because he was literally an inch from me. And I was so into the scene that I didn't even know he was there. And it's those kind of distractions and that kind of thing where I could have seriously injured him. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I wanted. So I had to say, take a seat step back, give me some space. I need to focus on what I'm doing uh, because that is a heavy risk involved type of play. Yeah. Now I have also called someone up to a scene to assist me Mm -hmm. with something. And it now it has never, unless it was pre-negotiated, it was never to actually participate in the scene, but an implement was too far away for me to reach. And I was soothing them with a cloth and I did not want to take my hand off of them but I was also kind of screwing with them a little bit because uh and she lashed out at me when I did it was so freaking hilarious (laughs) and afterwards she told me how much she loved it because she hated it (laughs) but I'm soothing with this silk or satin cloth and so I look over and it was actually the person that almost got hit with the uh, single tail I was like you know uh, motion for him to come over and pointed at my toy box and he walked over and he pointed at one it was the wrong one i shook my head no and i'm just soothing and she had no clue that this was going on she was uh, shackled to the cross facing away from me and then he pointed to another no finally he got the right one he grabbed it handed it to me And then I just nodded my head as a thank you. And he went back over and sat down and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm soothing her back. And then I take this, it's actually a rug beater, a wicker rug beater and smacked her across the bottom with the handle of it. And yeah, you're screwing with me. You're soothing me. And then you hit me with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was mind play. And uh, yeah, later she absolutely loved it. And she's a listener too, so she's going to know what I'm talking about. But I really enjoyed that. So when you hear this, thank you so much. I can't wait to play again. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, don't don't interject yourself into a scene unless asked. And 
if you are not part of the negotiations, don't allow somebody else to pull you into their scene either. Uh, because the person that is bottoming, uh, or topping for that matter, depending on who tries to, which person pulls you into the scene, may not, uh, that may not be okay with them. So if it, if it wasn't pre-negotiated, then don't just take it upon yourself to allow that to happen. Okay. So next thing, bring any safety concerns that you have for a scene being performed to your host discreetly. Oftentimes people who are seeing will have already discussed what's going to happen beforehand, especially if it's something that would be considered more extreme or advanced to call back from the last episode. <laughs> Never going to let that go, are you? <laughs> I am. I had to do it. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'll try to make that the last time though. Anyway, so seriously, address these these concerns with the DM, the dungeon monitor, or the host. Uh, don't just interrupt a scene unless, and this is risky to say this, but unless it is an imminent risk of, of danger to someone. Uh, and by that, I mean that if you can see somebody's face and they are turning purple or <laughs> you know there I have to be honest I don't think that there are very many things that I would that I would personally jump into a scene for unless I was the dungeon monitor I am always going to go to somebody else uh because the people that I attend parties with are they pretty well know their limits mistakes do happen but they they're they're pretty respectful in that so i got kind of mixed feelings on that one to be honest where do you go on that i have never had to interject myself into a scene for safety purposes i've had to assist with aftercare just because the top requested it and the bottom consented that i would provide aftercare but i've never had to jump in and i've i've never actually had to take a safety concern to a host or a dm of that nature yeah um, but I've, it does happen. It I, does. I've only done it. I, in, in 20 plus years, I have stepped into a scene because of a concern one time. And that was, I guess what led me to say what I did moments ago about somebody's face turning purple, their lips were purple. Uh, and they were faced away from the person that was playing them. And, I stepped in and I didn't, I didn't end the scene so much as say, Hey, you need to to step around here and take a look. Um, Mm -hmm. And as far as like going to a dungeon monitor or something like that, I don't recall ever having to do that. So there was just that one case that kind of gives me, a little bit of mixed feelings on that, but in general, especially if you're new, you should not be interrupting a scene because you just, you don't know. And chances are you're going to see some stuff that's going to shock the crap out of you. Let's just be honest here. This is not normal things that we're doing, which is why we're kind of set aside from society, unfortunately. So just talk to somebody, have somebody that you can talk to. And if it's bothering you that bad, as we said earlier, just walk away it's it's not considered rude if you 
leave a scene by most people. All right. All right. The, the next one I would like to take just because it is such a big one for me. The general no touching rule, which applies to both persons, toys and implements. It's a very general rule. If it's not yours, don't touch it. Big rule with me, even out in vanilla life. If I don't belong to you, keep your hands off me and I'll return the same respect. Uh, when it comes to toys and implements, you don't know unless you have asked if that toy or implement is fluid bonded. And as a hygiene thing, you don't really want to touch someone else's fluid bonded toys. And for those who don't know, fluid bonded means that there has been bodily fluid or secretions on that toy or implement left by a singular person. Yeah, I know a lot of people that will really go off on somebody if they touch their toys and with i've gone through phases where i was that way right now as long as i'm asked i really don't care but don't just walk over and pick something up out of my toy box uh it doesn't matter how close we are it doesn't matter if i've given you permission in the past and that is true with everyone that i know that will allow others to touch their their toys. It doesn't matter if you've had permission in the past. You need to ask in that moment. Now, if they give you a carte blanche, then fine. For the evening or for life, whichever it may be, then, then that is an agreed upon thing. But I do have that rule that every time I show up at a party, I need to be asked that evening by all but two people that I know of that has that free reign to go through my toy box, get anything out of it that they want to play with. I'm very strict at labeling things if they need to be separated, if they are fluid bonded or blood bonded with anybody. And those things don't enter my general toy box because even though I can package them individually, there is still that opportunity for cross-contamination. And being a person that's worked in the medical field, I certainly practice standard or universal precautions. So just ask. Very simple. Just ask. I just also want to throw out that the reason why we see that this is included for people and not just toys is just because a dominant has said, oh, you know, my my sub's so nice. They have, you know, such a nice body part. It doesn't mean that they are inviting you to touch that person. And it does not mean that that person has consented to being touched. So just keep your hands to yourself on that. And, you know, you never know how that's going to go either as far as. I know uh, people with their submissives or their slaves who absolutely positively will not allow anything to happen. And I know others who really enjoy and the subs and slaves really enjoy being shared. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like you said, consent and never assume, never make an assumption. That's, that's a terrible thing. All right. Uh, know what to do in case of an emergency. Many hosts will have specific protocols in place for first aid kits on hand in the off chance that something may go wrong. And that was one of the big things when I just went to this dungeon that I've never gone to before that I was talking about earlier mm -hmm. when they gave me the tour not just talking about this is the only place that you can have sex, but going over all the rules as we toured. And most importantly, and she, she stressed, and I was very impressed. Uh, these are really good people anyway, but I was very impressed that every room, not just every play area, but I 
I believe in the kitchen, which is not considered a play area in this particular home, but there was first aid kits showered throughout the house. And I think that that's, that's perfect. That's brilliant. And, uh, they get opened. They do get used, and it's nothing shameful. You know, if you cut yourself, put a band-aid on it. Clean it up. Put a band-aid on it. Real simple. You don't mm-hmm. want to. You don't want to spread something that you may or may not know that you have. And some people just pass out at the sight of blood. Other people yes. become extremely turned on at the sight of blood. So either way, you haven't got their consent to make them pass out or to get them turned on. A lot of hosts will also set up fire extinguishers if there is going to be any sort of fire play, which includes fire cupping. Uh, That's actually a requirement if I do a fire cupping demonstration is that I have to have a uh, fire extinguisher. You know, I got to say... I got to say on that, one of the, the better setups as far as carrying that stuff uh, is a either one of the rolling suitcases or one of the rolling tool chests. Most of the people that I know that do fire play will bring their own fire extinguishers and make sure that it's up to date and that it is the proper, you know, there's a lot of people don't know that there's different types of fire extinguishers and you need one of the all purpose. I forget mm-hmm. right now if it, there's the A, B, C's and the B, C, and I forget which one it is. So just do a little bit of research. That one is really simple. Just throw it in Google. What type of fire extinguisher is all purpose? And uh, you'll come up with that. Just a little uh, important side note there. Also on fire play, that is something that you really need to ask the host if it's even allowed. Oh, absolutely. Because even fire cupping, which is very contained, some people don't want it in their home. So uh, I know I don't. I've had a house burned down before. I don't allow any fire play inside my house. It's And that's something that I'm participating in nowadays, but not in my home. That's something that's going to happen in the backyard. And I require that I am there if it is to take place. And that's not an unreasonable request by a host to make. It is their home. They set the rules and you got to be okay with that. And it may lead to some disappointment because sometimes a host may get wrapped up in something else and not be available to be there when you're ready to play. But there again, it is their home. You are the guest. And I think most people are pretty accepting of that. But, you know, some people not so much. A lot of times, water play will also be set as off limits because of insurance means for the homeowner as well. That isn't even something that I've thought about in a long time. I don't know any water players. There are one or two in my local community, but they like to host their own parties so that they can control the environment and... uh, you know, if there's extra expenses from the insurance where they get water all over the place, that's their business. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move into the next section of this, which is play party scenes, demos, and performances. An explanation of this. Go ahead. I've talked enough. In a scene of this nature, some people, exhibitionist <coughs> cauldron, enjoy. <laughs> Oh, you you know you are one. Uh, enjoy <laughs> being viewed by others while some will become humiliated and enjoy it on another level. Uh, so just be aware that there are some really true performers in our communities. Some of them absolutely love it. 
Some of them will do it just for educational purposes, but just be aware that you will encounter these kinds of people. Well, thank you for outing me as an exhibitionist. Would you like to further explain which part of that is my liking? I would say you just enjoy performing. Uh, You are a natural performer. We have discussed this uh, before many times. My apologies (laughs) for the slight outing on that, but I, I doubt anyone has missed this particular facet of your personality. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, No, the reason I said that was because humiliation is an absolute hard limit for me. I am not going to bottom to humiliation at all, period. The end does not happen. So it is 100% the performer in me. Like I said earlier, or in the previous episode, I was was a musician. No, that was here. As I said earlier, I am a musician. I used to play in bands as I informed everyone in the uh, interrogation that Fun Size gave me for her birthday. I have been in adult films. And so, yeah, it's I am a performer. I really enjoy it psychologically. It's a huge uh, source of energy both from a a power standpoint and an arousal standpoint for me. Now, if it's okay with you, we can move on to the next thing. <laughs> uh, I, I think we have uh, exploited your performances enough for right now, so we can move on. The world does fall away when you are giving these kinds of performances and demonstrations. I know for me, Like I said before in my story about the scalpel play, everything else disappears except for what you are doing in that moment, unless some extreme distraction occurs. So it's it's important to understand that that is going to occur where Mm. people are not going to necessarily notice, like you said before, if someone gets up and walks away. Yeah. uh, And yelling out hit her harder or hit him harder (laughs) is not okay. No, it's, uh, I'm not even going to say please. Just don't freaking do it. That is not okay. Unless it's been negotiated upon, but just to take it upon yourself to be a freaking idiot and start screaming some crap out like that, it's not cool. Um, obviously, from my aggravation on that, that's something that's happened to me yes. in the past. And that person has never been at a party that I was at again. Take that into consideration. The next thing, be prepared for more than one scene to be taking place at the party at one time, and don't become too anxious with how you feel as though you're missing something. It's important to simply enjoy the experience. And that is, I wouldn't say that it's common. I would say that that is just the general rule. You're going to have multiple things happening, and you're going to want to catch it all Especially when you're new and have frenzy, but it's okay. Yeah. So just catch what you can. Don't worry about trying to grab up everything. You've got time. I said before, and I think it was the very first episode, is that you could try something new every day for the rest of your life and still not get it all in there so frenzy frenzy is really a waste of energy you are going to get to do the things that you want to do more than likely so just take a breath count to 10 find your zen (laughs) settle your chi whatever you want to say take a chill pill but relax 
and just enjoy the moment for what it is and learn all that you can. And I think that's the main thing with what you really need to go into your first play party with the expectation of I'm going to learn all that I can from this event. And uh, that's pretty much it. Any final thoughts? Hey guys, I'm breaking in here briefly during post-production. First, thank you for listening this far. Second, it was a hard decision to leave the following conversation in the episode. Ultimately, not only did I decide to leave it in the episode, but to also leave it completely raw and unedited, as to not change or alter the mood of the conversation. I feel by doing this, people will understand how important it is to follow the rules FunSize and I have laid out in this episode, and also show just how vulnerable people can be when they are not properly prepared. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Not a final thought, but I am going to ask you to share your own first play party experience with our listeners. I've shared a bit of my own. Uh, So what happened with yours? I know it must have been quite some time ago. (laughs) You're really asking me to dive into the deep, dark recesses of my mind. Yes, yes, I am. But given the fact that it was my first, it is something that I will absolutely never forget. Um, and this is really the reason, and I don't, you and I haven't had this conversation off the mic before, have we? No, we haven't. Okay. Well, as everything in the beginning for me, it started with Makita. Uh, it was a vamp gathering and I was thoroughly, thoroughly prepared in some ways because she was very, very knowledgeable and very good at what she did. Uh, So as far as like general protocol, what to expect out of others, all that was covered. What wasn't covered was what to expect from myself. There was no conversation about uh, the psychological things that may take place within myself. Uh, what I might want to do, what might freak me out, what I wanted to just run away from. You know, I was 18. I was very well experienced in the world, but this was still a very new scene to me. So I had my own personal wants and desires and my own personal expectations, but I wasn't told to just drop these expectations and go into it with, with the thought of it being a learning experience because I felt that I was going to be pressured to participate and I was, and the only pressure that there was, was from myself. I was pressuring myself to, and I did. So I didn't follow the rule. And that's why I'm so stern with saying, if this is your first event, don't worry about participating. Just take it as a learning experience. And I would even stretch that out to your first few events, Uh, maybe even five or 10, depending on the person. But so anyway, we gather at this uh, warehouse in Atlanta and um, it was very much an open event as far as dress code Everyone showed up wearing their fanes or in their their standard goth vamp gear. And even with that, as you were 
you and I were talking about earlier with normal conversations from normal people, that was the majority of what happened. And that really shocked me and threw me off. I wasn't prepared for that. Um, God, there was just so, so much that I was not prepared for. Uh, but then it, it took a while for people to actually get into the scening. And I don't know if you've ever seen true vamp play or not fun size, mm-hmm. but it can be really traumatic. Even if you are into it hardcore, but you've only played with one person. Seeing, uh, yeah. Because when you're participating in it, you're not seeing it from the outside, obviously. So to witness somebody do with with someone else the same things that you've done with your partner gives you a whole different point of view on it. And that can kind of screw with you a little bit sometimes. I mean, biting into somebody and drawing blood, uh, whether you're wearing fangs or you're using your actual teeth or you're using... Uh, a uh, a ring, a knife ring, or you know whatever it may be. There's just a lot. <clears throat> there's just a lot that that happened. That yeah, like I said, it's I haven't even thought about it in a long time. But I guess my caution would be if you haven't understood a lot of the the things that we've talked about, go back, listen again, because pretty much everything, every suggestion and caution that we have talked about in this episode, uh, I did the wrong thing. And that's why I was so excited to really get into this topic and uh, talk about it. And I know I'm leaving out a lot of details and, Quite honestly, uh, it's because I was not prepared to share them today. Uh, maybe in future episodes, I will give bits and pieces of it. Uh, but, or I may write it up and and share it in the Fat Life group. I'll probably end up doing that. So, I guess, really, again, the thing that I'm trying to get out of it is listen to what has been said in this episode and you don't want to do it the wrong way. Uh, I, I have to thank you very much for your willingness to share this. I did uh, 100% spring this on you out of basically thin air. Uh, the only thing it said in the show notes for this was our own stories and experiences, um, which we, we shared quite a bit of our, play party experiences but i definitely wanted to ask you about your first and i appreciate you sharing that with me oh. and the listeners <clears throat> well i um i do apologize especially to our listeners for not actually sharing the entire story but obviously with my passion and my reluctancy to share what took place uh should be indication of enough that it was not a good experience because I didn't have this information going into it. There was, I, I felt way too much pressure to participate. Um, so yeah, it's not often that somebody hits me with something that kind of stuns me a little bit. Uh, and when I read that 
for some reason I wasn't thinking my actual first experience. So I do apologize for not having uh, been better prepared for uh, telling that story, but I will get it out there. I think that it is something that needs to be shared. And I do thank you for asking. Um, It's not a problem at all. We are, we are very open with each other. uh, And as we try to provide this transparency to the listeners, uh, we go under the general assumption with each other that no topic is off limits. And I maintain that assumption because no topic is off limits. <laughs> so it's everything. Everything's fine. I, I just don't want anybody like, Oh, fun size, just uh, broke consent or hit him with something. No, she, she did have it in there and uh, it's everything is cool. So anyway, uh, what are your final thoughts on, on this topic? Uh, my final thoughts are, like you said, people definitely need to listen to this episode. I actually recommend listening to this two or three times, um, before you ever attend a play party and understand that sometimes you will be invited to them before you're ready and you need to say no. Uh, which is something that we unfortunately didn't talk about before, but I'm just going to throw it out here as a closing note. Yeah, that's really cool because that's what I was going to (laughs) do. That was going to be my final thought is if you're not prepared, say thank you for the invite, but I've never been to one and, you know, just they'll understand. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, And if they don't, then chances are it's a party that you really probably shouldn't go to anyway so that that's a big thing with me if people are not understanding of my reasonings then chances are they're not people that i want to be around (laughs) real simple maybe i'm just maybe i'm just that arrogant i don't know uh Uh, no because i i hold to the same ideal so can't just be you yeah i'm not alone in my arrogance with that said next week on the crypt it is a special listener request In the early episodes, when I was solo, I got into the different types of submissives. Now it's time to get into the different types of doms and tops. In the meantime, go to cauldronscript.com for show notes, how to subscribe information, and the link to the FetLife group so you can take part in the conversation and be eligible for our giveaways. So with that said, fun size. How can they get in touch with you directly? They can reach me at funsize at cauldronscript.com or on FetLife. That is funsize52, correct? Correct. I am Cauldron on FetLife, or you can email me, sir, at cauldronscript.com. And that is going to wrap it up. Thanks again, everybody. The rest of our contact information, like I said, is at cauldronscript.com. This has been Master Cauldron and Funsize for cauldronscript.com. Unearth the truth.